Circle, a show produced, hosted, and engineered by apprentices from KPFA's First Voice Apprenticeship Program. Today is Cinco de Mayo, a celebration associated with food, drinks, and parties. On tonight's show, we want to present to you a different side of this celebration and make connections to the labor movement. That's right. Tonight, we're going to be talking to you about the other versions, the real versions of Cinco de Mayo. And on tonight's show, we will talk about the history behind the Cinco de Mayo celebration as well as you will listen to the many voices that comprise the engine that turns the wheels of our capitalist economic system. Yes, the immigrant laborers and the working class voices from the May Day celebrations in San Francisco and Oakland. All that and more tonight on Full Circle. We are your hosts. I am Silvia Torres. And I am David de la Gran. Keep it locked. Again, welcome to this special Cinco de Mayo broadcast celebration. The station is packed full of folks. And we will be broadcasting special May Day and Cinco de Mayo sounds till midnight. And the folks from the Onda Bajita crew with the... That's right. Tonight we got a whole uh, special presentation um, brought to you uh, on this day, Cinco de Mayo. La Onda Bajita crew will be airing a special this evening. Um, and we're going to kick it off uh, right now. We Actually, it got kicked off a little earlier with Flashpoints. And also Vilma V was uh, was laying it down also um, for the Cinco de Mayo. This is going to continue on through about 2 o'clock in the morning. So welcome. Welcome to the celebration. I do want to let you know, uh, we just had the May 1st, May Day celebrations. The memoriam of the, or memorial here, uh, remembering the International Workers' Day. So if you have a 9 to 5... You may just be getting ready to get to sleep. You know, I hope you had a good day. Or maybe you're in the hospitality industry. Uh, rem remember to put up your feet. You deserve it. Or I hope you have a good and prosperous night. And to all the different trades that are making this world a nice place to live, construction, electricity, uh, the, the, the healthcare workers, for example, thank you. This show is for you. And you know that we all work in one way or another. Today is dedicated to that labor force. And as the Census Bureau puts it, the labor force is the employed, the unemployed, and the underemployed. Those who are viewed collectively as being able to work. Now we wake up, we go to work, we give our vitality to work, we go to sleep to wake up to work, We work extra hours to pay those extra bills and the unexpected extras of life. And everything seems to be running business as usual under these circumstances. But the question is, is it? 
Now, we want to turn to our first piece of the night. On Monday, May 1st, May Day, International Workers' Day, thousands of people around the Bay Area came out to stand up for migrants' rights, for workers' rights, and as we will hear, for many reasons. Our own freewheeling Frank brings us these sounds from the Oakland Day celebration. There's a lot of different people out here today standing up for different reasons. What's important to you to stand up for? I think it's important to stand with anybody who's being targeted for a reason that is something that's not under their control, but also just when they're being targeted in really racist and uh, ways. Being an African-American woman in this country, um, I really strongly believe in standing in solidarity with other people who are being oppressed, especially by Donald Trump. Because we need to demonstrate that we are a part of the economy in this country. And we are here to say to Trump that we are not the criminals that he says that we are. Because Mexican people are hardworking people. And just like it is said of all immigrants, we are the strength and workforce of this country. And thanks to the hands of this workforce, and thanks to your exploitation of our wages, you are rich and you have what you have. Thanks to us. Son ricos y tienen lo que tienen. Gracias a nosotros. It's important for me to stand for my people of color and immigrants. We are the backbone of this country. You know, we have built it up from way back then. I mean, I come from immigrants, and I don't feel like we are valued enough for what we put and contribute to this country, you know. And I'm here also for, like, my youth. I don't want to grow up in a country where there's borders and so much separation just because of the skin of our color, you know. Well, workers' rights, first off, immigration issues, open borders, and the climate Climate, the EPA is just fully defunded uh, climate science, so those are my issues. Um, I had a really hard time answering that question earlier when I was trying to make a sign. I just felt really overwhelmed because there's so many things to stand up for right now, and I um, I couldn't choose anything that I could fit on a sign. So I just want to say our communities and humanity, dignity of respecting people. for black worker justice, for immigrant justice, who said they were not going to work today, they were not going to buy anything, they're not going to take their kids to school, and they're going to stand up for their community, a community that embraces all. Are you with me? I can't hear you. Are you with me? Today we're on the streets and we need to keep this resistance up. What's 
important to you to stand up for? I'm marching with trans and queer youth, uh, trans and queer youth of color specifically, uh, to make sure that folks know that immigrant and worker rights are also LGBT rights. All right, thank you. We are the Undergraduate Workers Union at Berkeley, um, and we're here to stand up for worker justice. As student workers, we're exploited in the dining halls, as well as at the university by high tuition and low wages. So we're here to stand up for the student workers on campus. Today, the signs I'm carrying are my immigrant signs, instead of my climate signs, instead of my dump Trump signs, instead of all the other signs I've been making, uh, because our immigrant brothers and sisters are getting the shaft right now, and we're not recognizing that uh, we are all immigrants, and we are all we're all here, we all need each other, we got to treat each other with respect and recognize what we all bring to the table. We are here because it is the day that honors workers, and we are letting people know that we have rights as a workforce and rights as people who reside in the California area. I'm here primarily for my family. Um, I didn't think that I would ever get to a point of being unafraid to raise my voice or to stand in solidarity with their movement and their causes. Um, but yeah, I'm a first-generation immigrant, so I'm here as an immigrant. <laughs> well, I would say, I would just declare this entire week a, a, a week of love, rage, and resistance, man. I mean, if we focus simply on just our own narrow self-interest, then we're going to lose. This is the time for intersectionality. So I have to recognize, and you know, many of us wear different hats. So at what point, you know, am I wearing my indigenous hat? At what point am I wearing my hat as a formerly incarcerated person and demanding justice? At what point am I wearing my hat on behalf of our relatives from the other side who are indigenous to this land but being declared undocumented by a settler illegal government and occupied land, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, at what point am I standing up for our trans relatives? So we have to, I think, just recognize my freedom struggle is connected to your freedom struggle. You know what I mean? So we ain't free until we're all free. Uh -huh. Welcome back to Full Circle here in 94.1 KPFA. It's a Cinco de Mayo splash May Day celebration here tonight. You were listening to um, the voices of the celebration, the demonstration in Oakland May Day celebration. And I heard a lot of chants of chanting for unity, for people being united in struggles that has to do with immigrants, workers, transgender, women. Every one of us, us was included in those. That's right, yeah. We, we got a lot of the, yes. the people that are just like underrepresented, um, the underrepresented community. And that's what we were, we were highlighting. We had our very own Free Will and Franklin He was out there at the May Day celebration in Oakland, which uh, that was a massive, uh, a massive uh, protest on that day. Indeed, it was, David. Mm. And, you know, we were we had the opportunity to also attend the one in San Francisco. And that was equally massive. Yeah, uh, in San Francisco. And you're going to hear a little bit more about this uh, later on. But there was a rally around the ICE uh, detention center. And there was a, a, a lot of speakers, a lot of really good actions uh, went on. I heard in Oakland, they they, they, closed, they shut down uh, Citibank, I think it was, for two hours. I believe that was an action by Amazon Watch. Yes. Uh, 
And you know, David, we are talking tonight about the celebrations in our area, but these celebrations were all over the world. I'm from Puerto Rico, and in Puerto Rico, part of the airport was closed. The workers were equally dissatisfied with what's going on, with the wages that are going lower, while the cost of living is increasing. Um, it's a chance for unity. It's a chance for action. Mm-hmm. And right now, the spotlight, I, I feel like the spotlight, the international, the global spotlight is here in California and specifically, you know, in, in, the, in the Oakland and the Bay Area. You know, it's a really progressive uh, location that, that we live in. And it's really good to be mindful, you know, um, that, that this struggle is, is, you know, not just going on here. It's going on um, all over the world, to be, to be honest. Yes, it is all over the world. And times are becoming more and more challenging for people that has has a eight to nine, to five job because people in the bay area cannot meet mm-hmm. the demands of this high cost of living of living in this in the bay area so people are organizing people are mobilizing people to come out and express their feelings and their opinions and come together to fight the system. And we're going to keep going, you know. It's no, there's no time right now to burn out on this whole thing. But, like, this is, a, this is a, a pervasive issue, you know, that's been throughout history. And if we're talking about history, you know, the disenfranchised people throughout throughout history, you know, put, you know the, the, the working man, the working woman, this, uh, this, this stretches back even to what we're celebrating today, specifically May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. It stretches back to those days because, you know, at that time, there was a whole nother uh, disenfranchisement that, that was happening. And as we said earlier, you know, we said uh, we're celebrating here at the station. Uh, right now, uh, we're celebrating Cinco de Mayo and May Day. And coming up next, we wanted to learn a little bit about the true meaning of Cinco de Mayo. So we have our very own Dennis the Menace Roos with his thoughts on this special day. This is your ally in the resistance, Dennis the Menace Roos, here for some more valuable information. This time on Cinco de Mayo. Contrary to popular belief, Cinco de Mayo is not Mexican Independence Day. Mexico actually celebrates their independence from Spain on September 16th. Grito de Dolores. However, Cinco de Mayo is more than just another reason to party. Cinco de Mayo celebrates Mexico's underdog victory against one of the major colonial powers of the time, France, in the Battle of Puebla in 1862, and became a powerful symbol of resistance. In order to find out what Cinco de Mayo actually stands for, we'll have to go back to 1861, when Mexico suspended interest payments on foreign loans 
primarily because of its own struggling economy. It seemed Mexico had owed France some money, along with Spain and England. The three countries sent troops to Mexico to demand payment. Spain and England reached an agreement and left. However, France was not quite easily persuaded and set out to attack Mexican forces in Pueblo by the order of Napoleon Bonaparte III, who was the nephew of the famous Napoleon Bonaparte that I would only assume we've all read about sometimes in our lives, but that's another show entirely. Well, onward with the show. The battle lasted three hours, give or take. Mexico was victorious, with the French losing close to 500 men, with the Mexican forces whom lost only around 100. And although the French would return a year later in 1863 to capture Puebla and the rest of Mexico, the Battle of Puebla created a sense of national pride and a powerful symbol of resistance. But since then, the holiday has become a much bigger deal in the United States than it is in Mexico, where the celebrations are primarily held in Puebla, Mexico. And get this, the former president, G.W. Bush, was the first president to honor the date. Wow. Anyway. Cinco de Mayo gained popularity in the 60s and 70s when the Chicano Civil Rights Movement adopted Cinco de Mayo to celebrate Mexican heritage. Activists tried to promote events tied to Cinco de Mayo, but they needed cash and sponsors. And that opened the door to alcohol and food companies who wanted to tap into the growing Latin American market. Since then, Cinco de Mayo has been transformed into the fiesta that we celebrate today. According to the Distilled Spirits Council, sales of tequila doubled on Cinco de Mayo in 2011 and 2012. The California Avocado Commission. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there is a such thing as the California Avocado Commission. I'm not making this up. Well, the CAC estimated that in 2013, Americans consumed 87.3 million, with the M, pounds of avocados on Cinco de Mayo and 30.6 million cases of beer, making 658 million in booze revenue. They even have an annual Chihuahua race in Arizona. Yes, that's it. That will definitely commemorate the lives that were lost. A chihuahua race. Now, whether you decide to drink till you drop or reenact battle scenes from the short-lived victory, it is important to know that Cinco de Mayo has its own historical importance. Welcome back to Full Circle. This is Pacifica Radio, KPFA. That was Dennis de Menes Ross with some history and his thoughts on this day, Cinco de Mayo. I just want to remind our audience that Cinco de Mayo was just an example of the era and the times. Uh, there were many uprisings during that era. For example, in Cuba, there was Grito de Yara. In Puerto Rico, there was Grito de Lares. And most of them were basically because of the same conditions of oppression and colonialism that we are still experimenting right now. We're going through the same History repeating itself all over again. The oppressed continue to be oppressed, and the oppressors continue to get richer, larger, and bigger. That's right. That's right. So why why should we care about Puebla? You know, why should we care about Cinco de Mayo? And the reason for this is that it basically it affirms an enduring 
the enduring and the shared values, you know, that we have, such as advancing the just defense of the homeland and the necessary cause for the marginalized and maligned people. You know, these are tenets that are still held up today. And recognizing and practicing this kind of valued behavior also grants a good measure of humanity to the descendants of the heroes of Puebla, including the Mexican immigrants among us who have historically labored long and hard for low pay and little positive recognition. Now, the Battle of Puebla, you know, the, the president at the time was Benito Juarez. And Benito Juarez is a national hero down in, in, the, in Mexico. Really, really cool guy. Because he was a lawyer, right? And he was also a native people. He was... He was from uh, Oaxaca. Yes. Yeah. And a really cool thing is that, like, so what he did basically was he declared a moratorium um, against the 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 debt, you know, that, that Mexico had um, uh, towards Europe. So he, he declared a moratorium, and that's why the French um, decided to, to occupy, you know, Mexico and basically, like, f try to force them to pay up. Well, you know, Dabi, now that you bring that up, uh, that I'm going to make a connection, like my students will say in my classroom, because right now Puerto Rico is going through the same um, issue. We have a debt that we cannot pay. We're trying to see how can we renegotiate this debt, but the big interests that are vested in Puerto Rico, they do not want that debt to go away. So, in a way, it's very similar to what happened in Puebla. Absolutely. It's always the landowners and the, the people with a lot of dough that really don't want to give it up. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, uh, Benito Juarez, uh, you know, they fought, they fought really, you know, bravely, um, strongly. The French came in. They tried, to, they tried to take it back. And in the end, Mexico, Mexico won. You know, they, they, they kicked out uh, Maximiliano. They chopped his head off. And, um, and the rest is history. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a short music break. And we will be right back. Check this out. Desafiando fronteras, defendiendo el honor He pasado la vida explorando otras tierras Para darle a mis hijos un mañana mejor Si la muerte me alcanza en su loca carrera Envuelto en mi bandera Yo 
emocionar De paisano a paisano Antes de seguir cantando Yo le pregunto al patrón ¿Quién recoge la cosecha? ¿Quién trabaja en la limpieza? Hoteles y restaurantes ¿Y quién se mata trabajando en construcción? Mientras el patrón regaña Tejiendo la telaraña En su lujosa mansión Muchas veces ni nos pagan Para que sane la llaga como sale envenenada Nos echan la inmigración Si con mi canto pudiera Derrumbaría las fronteras Para que el mundo viviera Con una sola bandera En una misma nación De paisano a paisano Del hermano al hermano Por querer trabajar That was so good Welcome back everybody This is Full Circle on KPFA Radio 94.1 in Berkeley. That song you just heard was De Paisano a Paisano by Los Tigres del Norte. That song was so good. And if you know Spanish, that little, that little um, commentary in the middle there was so good. He basically said that if I could with this song, I would destroy all borders. And that is like, that's the call that we want to hear right now. We need no borders. We need, uh, we need to unite as people. We need to understand our humanity. We need to understand that we are all working together to breathe and to live on this green earth. Now, whew. That said, we're going to go back and listen to some sounds mm, yep. of, of the... May 1st. Actually, so what we're going to do real quick here is um, let's talk. Let's talk about, let's talk about um, May Day. Let's talk about the importance of that. Uh, we're going to talk about, um, you know, what brings us to, to this point that we're at right now. So let me, uh, let me just, um, I'm going to do a live commentary right now, everybody. All right. So I want to kind of talk about what was going on. Uh, to give you a little bit of perspective, okay, we're going to go back in history right now, okay? You ready to go with me, Sylvia? Let's go. Let's, let's take a little walk into memory lane. That's right. We're going to talk about the 1800s. All right, just to give you a little bit of perspective, okay? Uh, Mark Twain published his, uh, his book, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, in 1884, okay? The Statue of Liberty uh, arrived in New York Harbor from France, In July of 1885, okay, um, Emily Dickinson, okay, she died um, in 1886. All right, so the, you know, little, little, little context yes. right there. Okay, um, let's talk about what's going on in the in the world or in the 1800s. Okay, so uh, we talked about the Battle of Puebla, right? Which um, which was that was 1861. Okay. Um, in, um, in, in France, in Germany, let's talk about Germany now, okay, 1870, um, I, I believe that uh, France declared war on, on Germany, and they had a big, uh, they, they had a big battle, and uh, Germany came up on top, okay, so that, that, that happened. Now, why am I talking about Germany, all right? Germany, in the late 19th century, uh, Many Germans were actually uh, immigrating to Chicago. The, the German population, the German immigrant population was actually one of the biggest in, uh, in Chicago at the time. And 
many Germans were involved in anarchist radical politics. At that time, German-Americans were the primary leaders of the Socialist Labor Party. And by 1890, it was essentially a German-speaking group. German was one of the organization's two official languages used in its meetings. And German-Americans disproportionately made up those who did the 1886, uh, or who were, you know, in the 1886 Haymarket Affair. So, the Haymarket Affair, okay? This is something that happened um, in uh, it was what's now known as May Day or International Workers' Day. Um, it had, you know, went down on um, in in eighteen eighty six. Now May Day, um, May Day is one of the most important holidays in communist countries such as the People's Republic of China, North Korea, Cuba, and the former Soviet Union. May Day celebrations in these countries typically feature elaborate workforce parades, including displays of military hardware and soldiers. Now, so what happened on, uh, on May Day? At the time, um, socialism was new, and it was an attractive idea to working people, many of whom were drawn to its ideology of working class control over the production and distribution of goods and services. Workers had seen firsthand that capitalism benefited only the bosses, traders, and those working for profit. So thousands of men, (laughs) women, and children were dying needlessly every year in the workplace with life expectancy as low as their early 20s in some industries and little hope of rising out of that state of destitution. So socialism offered them another option. Yes. So then, um, you know what happened. So basically, like, um, where am I? Where am Where am I at here? The great issues, basically, concerning labor, seem to be moral and political rather than economic. The so-called iron law of wages, according to which wages cannot be reduced below the minimum of bare subsistence for the laborer and his family, creates, you know, the issue like, you know, the, um, okay, the problem, therefore, (sighs) (laughs) all right, here's what I'm trying to say, okay, back in the day, okay, in, you know, we're, we're going back to Greece now, okay, only men of independent wealth had enough leisure for the activities of citizenship, which in the Greek city-states was almost a full-time occupation. Now, this, according to, according to Aristotle, is one reason for the disenfranchisement of the laboring class, who must devote a great part of their energy to earning a living, and who have neither the time nor the training for liberal pursuits. So, it seems that man may have realized his nature more surely and richly if, like the lilies of the field, he neither toiled nor spun. And we're looking at all the conceptions of a better better life. Labor is eliminated or reduced. Now, the implication seems to be that the labor required for the maintenance of all historic societies is actually an affliction, a drudgery, a crushing burden, 
which deforms the lives of many, if not all. Now the pangs of toil do not belong to human life by any necessity of human nature, but rather through the accident of external circumstances which might be other than they are. So, that's um, that 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 was very deep. Yeah, thank deep you. Deep, right on. Deep. Where are we going? So I guess we're moving along, and we are going to go back to May Day celebration in San Francisco with some some by some file. <laughs> in the house? Do we have workers in the house? Do we have immigrant communities in the house? Are we ready to defend our city? Are we ready to fight? Are we ready to resist? Oh, oh, yeah, Cabrera, Mickey, well, Cody, you see. Everything is good, everything is beautiful as a people. I want to say thank you for letting me be here today and express myself to you. You know, I want to say also to, to you to respect where we are and respect the ancestors that walked this land before us. We're standing on our people's here. Now, I want to say thank you for caring enough caring enough for each other to be able to, to stand up and fight for each other for whatever kind of cause come up that you know is right. They say that the immigrants, they call them immigrants that are of this land. From this land, from, from the north to the south, it's all indigenous. They belong here. We belong here. The ones that come across the water, you might want to call them immigrants. The one that is standing in that office over there, that's an immigrant. If there's anything that San Francisco is defined by, it's two things. The working class, and immigrants. And with this number 45, this new president of the United States, who's coming after us, this is looking so wonderful, the way we've all been on the street and we're keeping up the resistance and we're gonna to continue to do the resistance. So let me just say, they're coming after public education, they're coming after immigrants, they're coming after unions, they're coming against civil rights, they're coming against everything that we hold dear. And on behalf of, as Olga says, the 150 unions here in San Francisco, along with our community and faith partners, we are going to continue to stay on the street. Not just here in San Francisco, but in Sacramento and Washington, D.C., and with our brothers and sisters all over the United States. That is the simple message. We are going to stay on the street and fight for our dignity, our rights, and who we are as human beings here in the United States of America. Are you with me? 
Are you ready to fight? Yeah. Are you going to continue to be ready to fight? Yeah. Thank you. My name is Jihan Hakim, and I stand before you today as a Yemeni Muslim American, a daughter of immigrants who began as factory workers in the 70s. I stand in support of those who left everything behind for a more just, a dignified life. I stand in support of family unity, workers' rights locally, nationally, and globally, immigrants' rights, religious freedoms, and I stand against. I, we stand against ICE raids. We stand against deportations. We stand against wage theft. We stand against profiling and surveillance. We stand against Islamophobia, sexism, and immigrant bashing and hateful speech and policies that come from this administration. I'm here to support International Workers' Day, not Loyalty Day. International Workers' Day. So please don't get it twisted, number 45. This great nation was built, it was built on the backs of immigrants and refugees. From those who fled persecution to those who were forcefully picked from their lands. We march today to remind the wealthy minority that the U.S. cannot function without us. Nope. Let's not forget that labor is the price we pay for the wealth of this world. I stand before you today and stand against. No ban, no wall, sanctuary for all. Say it with me, please. No ban, no wall. Welcome back to Full Circle here on KPFA 94.1. This is our special Cinco de Mayo slash May Day broadcast. Those were sounds from the San Francisco gathering recorded by my co-host, Silvia Torres. David, uh, even though we were at the San Francisco demonstration, I heard a s the sounds were very similar because there's a call for unity a call from all sectors of our society to come united and fight against the system that is oppressing us. And it seems like it's not going to end anytime soon. So it's time for us to start organizing, to come on out and express your voice. Because it's the only way that we're going to be able to change what is going on in our country right now. The racist, the sexist, the homophobic tendencies that are sweeping through America, it's time that we unite so we can overcome that. Now, I, there's a lot of marches going going off, and you know these uh, these these great these great one day events. You know that they're there and they they push us forward. They give us you know the certain animal, a certain gusto to 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 you know to feel like we're we're doing something. Um, the 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 May um, the the May Day affair uh, actually lasted uh, quite a long time. You know, like six you know, months, 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 months. You know, people out there picketing. 
people out there uh, really, really like fighting for the eight hour workday, fighting for Saturday to be uh, included in the weekend um, for fair wages, you know, and then it was all brought up again because, um, you know, the United States doesn't celebrate um, lab- uh, like what they call Labor Day in, re- in the rest of the world. Um, the the U.S. doesn't celebrate it. They actually the U.S. calls uh, May first Loyalty Day. That yes. was that was enacted by uh, President Eisenhower um, back in the back in the fifties. Uh, and then uh, Trump, you know, number forty five here, he basically re regurgitated that um, the other day. He's declaring uh, May first Loyalty Day. Now Loyalty Day that seems to me to be like a part of the whole um, part of the whole Red Scare. That happened, you know, like, because uh, socialism is not seen as a really nice thing here in America. You know, socialism is seen as like, as like somebody, actually, uh, socialism and anarchism are, are basically re- uh, relegated to people, um, you know, throwing bombs, doing direct actions. Uh, capitalists hate, uh, you know, that, H- hate anarchists and, so- and uh, socialism. Well, it's, I, it has to do with our system that is a class system. So anything that it goes against the interests of the big corporations, the big landowners, that is labeled as red. It's communist, it's anarchist, it's anything that prevents them from getting richer and richer. <laughs> yeah. Anything that brings up the rights of the workers, mm-hmm. they see it as a threat to their money making. Yeah, there's a quote, I forget who it's by, but it says there's something to the effect of um, don't believe that the rich are going to let you vote away their wealth. So that's a kind of a cause for like direct action. But we want to look to the future. You know, we want to look to what we're doing today to bring us into tomorrow. So I went out um, while we were out there in, in San Francisco uh, to all the people that had their, their signs and everything. And I asked them a question. Basically, I asked them, what do you work in? And uh, what is tomorrow going to look like? My name is Pablo and uh, I work in construction and I think tomorrow is going to be a better day just because we all the people is together like try to fight for something for our future. I work at UC Berkeley and tomorrow is going to be another work day. It's, it's, I'm here to support workers and immigrants and everybody who makes this wonderful world the what it is and we all belong here. and. There's no way that, you know, not going into work today is going to make tomorrow horrible for me. It's just, I need to stand up for that today. ¿Y en qué trabajo? En educación. ¿Y cómo se va a ver mañana? Esperemos tener una buena conversación con los niños. Esperemos que muchas familias nos hayan venido a apoyar. Ya me encontré bastantes de mis estudiantes. Eh, y vamos a ver, todos mis niños, a pesar de que tienen 5 y 6 años de edad, están al tanto de lo que está sucediendo y 
a la manera que ellos lo entienden, um, estaban diciéndome muy buenas ideas para carteles en la marcha y apoyando el hecho de que vine hoy y no fui a estar con ellos en la escuela. We're librarians for the schools here in San Francisco. You're librarians? We are. Nice. What, uh, what's tomorrow going to look like? Hopefully better than it is today. Gosh, it's pretty looking, looking pretty grim with Trump in office. So we need to be out here on the streets all the time resisting all these crazy cuts to education, to health care, to our clean water, our air. What they're doing to immigrants, just taking them off the streets and just throwing them into jails and private prisons. And it's, it's just maddening. It's maddening. Amy Pineda. Healthcare and tomorrow is going to be pretty soft because I have some deadlines that I am missing by being here. <laughs> wow. Um, my name is Jenny. Uh, I am a labor organizer here in San Francisco. And tomorrow it's just going to look the same, unfortunately. The resistance movement, it, did, it didn't start today. It's been going on for a really long time, but you know, now that we have the current uh, presidential administration, it's finally waking folks up and uh, moving people to be out in the streets and resist because our communities have always been under attack and will continue to be under attack. And you know what? This march isn't going to necessarily change things overnight, but uh, we got to continue to uh, vocalize to protect each other and you know, let our le legislators know and our communities know that like we got each other and we're going to continue to speak up for ourselves. I'm Suzanne, I'm a nurse in San Francisco, and hopefully tomorrow will look like everyone having equal human rights and our administration waking up. My name is Miguel Angel Rodriguez. I come with the group of workers of Berkeley, from the University Avenue. Ahí venimos con el grupo de obreros representando el Día Internacional del Trabajo porque a nivel mundial es este día el Día Internacional del Trabajo pero los europeos, los blancos tienen otro día de celebración lo que equivocadamente le llaman americanos ¿no? porque los americanos verdaderos somos nosotros los nativos de este continente los blancos no son americanos, ellos son europeos aunque hayan nacido acá no son europeos Y por eso acá en, la, en el rótulo que llevo, dice que con papeles o sin papeles soy americano porque nací en este continente. Que no tenga papeles de Estados Unidos no quiere decir que no soy americano. Soy más americano que los propios, bueno, que los blancos porque yo soy de las raíces de los indígenas del continente americano. Thank you and welcome back to KPFA 94.1. Uh, you just heard um, that was a little vox pop that we did down in um, down in San Francisco. L lots of good words of hope, uh, which is something that we really need as we do pragmatically work towards you know these uh, towards the future. So I want to go ahead and uh, listen to a, a beautiful song of resistance, and this song is called "No Le Pegue a la Negra" by Joey Arroyo. Quiero contarle, mi hermano, un pedacito de la historia negra, de la historia nuestra, caballero. Y dice así. ¡Uh! 
los años 1600 Cuando el tirano mandó Las calles de Cartagena Aquella historia vivió a beautiful song of resistance called No Le Pegue a la Negra by Joey Arroyo. And, um, you know, I want to reiterate, we are the working class. You know, uh, we're out here, we're working. There's some days where you finally take your shoes off after 14 hours of having them on. You know, there's a... You go to school, you're with your kids, um, your, your teacher, Silvia... You know, you got uh, you got all kinds of you got thirty little voices coming at you. There's a lot to do. We do we do so much with this life that we're given. Um, you know, it's it's time to 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 have celebrations. We have to like you know be able to balance all these different things and be a full rounded human, right? And when you're working so much, three four jobs, you know, just to make ends meet, you know, when do you have time to pick up a book? When do you have time to like educate yourself? Uh, when do you have time to crack a smile? You know, like it's it's it it gets harder and harder with the burdens that are put on your back. And of course, what are we holding up on top of our backs? We're holding up the rest of the wealthy people. You know, we're holding up their lifestyles. You know, and and like there's there's this whole thing with uh with the value. Of, of commodities or the value of things. And really, you know, it's uh, the, the value of things. It, it, it's, uh, here we go, Adam Smith. Adam Smith concluded, you know, good thinker, mm -hmm. um, that labor alone, you know, because it's never varying in its own value, is alone the ultimate and real standard by which the value of all commodities can and at all times and places be estimated and compared. It is their real price. Money is their nominal price only. And I guess what I'm trying to say about that is that 
you know, we as laborers, we as the workforce, really do have the power. We're holding up this whole deck of cards on our backs. So you out there listening, you have the power. When you go to work, crack that smile <laughs> and keep it alive. Okay, well, with that said, Dennis, um, David, we are going to listen to a short poem that has to do with the term mestizo, mm -hmm. which is a term that has been used for a lot of Latin American cultures. Mm -hmm. Birth of the Mestizo. The Spanish conquest also brought a new people into being. Children of the Indian woman and the Spaniard. Later, also mixed with African slaves brought by Spain. El Mestizo, la raza. Some call us the cosmic people because we mix all of the so-called races of this planet. White, yellow, red, and black to make a new people called brown. A people born from an act of destruction. A people born from an act of rape. A new people of America born to revolt. El nacimiento del mestizo. La conquista española creó un pueblo nuevo. Los hijos de la mujer indígena y del español. Quienes después también se mezclaron con esclavos africanos que trajo España. El mestizo, la raza. Unos nos llaman la raza cósmica porque mezclamos a todas las llamadas razas del planeta, la blanca, la amarilla roja y la negra, para crear una gente nueva llamada raza de bronce. Gente nacida de un acto de destrucción, gente nacida de una violación, un pueblo nuevo de América nacido para rebelarse. Welcome back to Full Circle. Tonight we're celebrating Cinco de Mayo and we're making that connection between the labor force in this country and immigrants because this nation was built on the back of immigrants from all over the world. And these days with this new administration, immigrants have been under attack. Um, with that said, we would like to now introduce i would like to introduce a prayer that was presented was at the may day march in san francisco but we want to put it at the end of our show because it talks about hope and we want to have hope for these days these were words from cesar chavez show me the suffering of the most miserable so that i will know my people's plight free me to pray for others for you are present in every person. Help me to take responsibility for my own life so that I can be free at last. Grant me courage to serve others, for in service there is true life. Give me honesty and patience so that I can work with other workers. Bring forth song and celebration so that the spirit will be alive among us. Let the spirit flourish and grow, so we will never tire of the struggle. Let us remember those who have died for justice, for they have given us life. Help us love, 
even those who hate us, so we can change the world. Yes, let us change the world. Si se puede. That brings us to the end of tonight's show. Tune in next week to Full Circle at 7 p.m. here on KPFA. Also visit our website, kpfaapprentice.org. You can listen to our past shows and see photos of us and our guests. The executive producer for Full Circle is Ms. M. Our technical director is Free Will and Frank Sterling. Joy Moore is our production consultant. And we've been your hosts. I am David Lagran. And I am Silvia Torres. Thank you for joining us tonight on Full Circle. And remember, if you're listening, you are the resistance. Stay tuned to La Onda Bajita is next. <laughs>